The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Business Sense Radio, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests brought to you by your host, Edward King. Each week, Business Sense Radio tackles issues and concerns of people across all spectrums. Now with this week's program, here's Edward King. Oh, thank you very much, Mark. It's uh, good to be back this Saturday or Sunday, depending on which state you're listening to us in. You know, today we have a very interesting guest, and we have a lot to cover, so I want to get right to it. Our guest today is Carmen Maria Montiel. She was born and raised in Venezuela, and this was during the time before communism took over. Her father sent her and all her siblings to America for college because he had an inkling of what might potentially happen in Venezuela, so he was a very forward-thinking man. Carmen eventually graduated from East Tennessee State University with a degree in broadcasting in Spanish, was magna cum laude, went to work as a television news anchor and writer for Telemundo in Houston, Texas. There really is a lot much, uh, much more to say about Carmen, but I want to get right into the interview, so I want to say welcome Carmen, to our show today. Thank you very much, Edward, for having me. Oh, we're so pleased that you were able to cut some time out of your busy schedule to join us. Now, I want to get right into it. Carmen, you're running for Congress, representing Texas Congressional District 18, which covers much of the in- inner circle of Houston and some of the surrounding areas. So tell us, what is your motivation for running for District 18 and your unique qualifications to represent the demographics and the people of Houston? Well, um, as you said, my father was a visionary and... Um, you know, I was young in the 80s when he insisted for us to come to United States State and quite didn't understand what he was seeing. But, you know, with time, when I started to see changes in United States, I realized, oh, this is what my father saw. Well, you know, the growth of bureaucracy, the implementation of corruption in a country like this country that, you know, corruption was something that you never heard of. You know, mm-hmm. this is a country of law. So I, little by little, I started seeing the changes from the time when I came here in 1988. And uh, then having the experience, you know, In the judiciary system, I realized that it was corrupt, and that was the last straw for me uh, because when I was young and I was in Venezuela, I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I went to art school, and my dad was, what happened with law school, and I told my father, I said, I cannot lose a case because somebody paid more, and that was the situation at the time. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that the corruption has reached our judiciary, that's when I said, you know, it's time to do something. I know what's happening. I recognize it. I now know what my father uh, saw at the time. And knowing what was coming, I said, I cannot just 
do nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, with redistricting, you know, this district changed, the demographics changed. The demographics are mostly Latino, almost 50% Latino now. The second demographic uh, group is the Black community, and then 70% white and 2% Asian. Mm-hmm. And this is a district within the city, uh, and it's the district with the highest crime rate in the city. And as we all know, crime is a major problem now in the United States across the country. But imagine that is the worst crime in the city of Houston at the time. Mm -hmm. So Sheila Jackson Lee, who is my opponent, she has been there for 28 years. Nothing has been done for the community. Um, Crime is high. Um, the, the lives of the people in the community have no improved. We have a major problem with homeless. We have a major problem with dirt. And we have a major problem with an area where there is a cancer cluster created by Union Pacific that has been there for years and nothing has been done. Hmm. Interesting. So in essence, just recapping some of what you shared is, so you grew up in, in Venezuela and you actually, if I can... <clears throat> look into the economic history of Venezuela. Venezuela was, at the time prior to the takeover by the socialist communist government, was the seventh largest economy in the world, and it was the number one economy in South America. Now, everybody who's just seen the news over the last couple of years to see what degradation has occurred and how such a large percentage of people have gone from middle class to absolute poverty, which was the direction of the heavy-handed bureaucracy and in the one government, the one party ruling of Venezuela. So now what you're saying is that you see in America, a very similar pattern that has been going on. But you've been greatly and deeply involved in in Houston for quite some time. When did you move to Houston, and uh, when did you start being working for Telemundo? I came to Houston in 1991. It's been already 31 years. Um, I started right away within a few months uh, working in Telemundo first as a reporter and within three or four months, um, I was elevated to the anchor position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there, the, best, the greatest way to get to know a, a city is when you work in the news. And especially as a reporter that, you know, I was on the street every day. Right. Uh, so I got to know it's, you know, Houston and our county, you know, Harris County uh, is I believe it's the second largest county in the United States. And um, I got to know the, the, the problems of, this, of the city. After that, I went into develop a family medical practice, practice with a work uh, for 20 years and got involved in many um, charity organizations because I always, um, you know, service is being very important to me in my life. And so I was always involved with, with what's happening in the city mm-hmm. you know, up mm-hmm. to date with, you know, being in the medical field. That was another way to very up to date with everything, you know, and the changes in, in you know, within, with the health uh, in, in the country. And uh, well, finally, in 2018 is when I decided to actively uh, join, 
you know, the political movement as a conservative. And I ran for Congress for the first time four years ago. Um, and, and now um, I decided to, you know, to do it again as things are getting worse. Mm-hmm. And we have seen especially in the last two years. Yep. And you're a businesswoman now. You're in real estate. And again, that keeps you in the community and it gets you to see a wide variety of people and the issues that they face. And as you would probably agree with me that in real estate, things were very hot in Houston. And right now, many different new corporations are moving from Illinois or California again into the Houston area. I know Chevron just sold off their headquarters in San Ramon, California, and is moving it uh, full-time to Houston. I worked in Houston once in a company called Compact Computers back in the 80s. And um I definitely remembered how beautiful the city was, and I played in some PGA events there in Houston a few years ago. Now, Houston has changed since the time that I lived there. I know recently I looked at your numbers, and violent crime is up 62%. There was 400 murders in this past year, another 42% increase in just murders alone. And then that wild story about the Houston Independent School District, which is the seventh largest school district in the country, the state of Texas had to take over. And part of it was done due to unethical behavior by school board members. It just seems like ever since Hurricane Harvey came and we saw that, uh, what was the hurricane that was down in New Orleans that wiped all of that out? I mean, Uh, that was uh, Katrina. Yeah, Katrina. And I remember the immigration flow that came from that southern part of that state into Houston being the the largest, closest city to go to. It changed the whole perspective and just the lifestyle of Houston. And, you know, traffic is cuckoo crazy there. So let's talk a little bit about Sheila Jackson Lee, who currently is hasn't ever done, based on my research, a good job representing the people of Houston. She's only done a good job representing her own personal interest. So what do you know about Sheila and why is it so important for her to not be reelected? Well, as you mentioned, um, she has done absolutely nothing for the community. In 28 years, she doesn't have a bill that um, is her own. She has just reform bills, uh, but not not one that is on her own. At some point, she even has to to leave all of the committees she used to be because there was a scandal with you know some sexual assault of one of of her employees. Mm-hmm. And you know when you visit the community, I'm all the time in the community with the Latinos, with the Black community. I have a lot of leaders within the community supporting me. That's the complaint. She has done nothing, but she goes to television and pretend and make it look like she's doing something because it's just a photo op. But at the end of the day, nothing has done. Like, for example, this cancer cluster issue is being there for years. And, uh, you know, they've been talking about uh, back in 2019, she did a press conference and brought Helen Brockovich, if you remember, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And, and OK, it was a big photo op. What happened after that? 
nothing had happened. There is not even an intent to clean the area and to compensate or find a way to give some time of compensation to the victims mm-hmm. of this cancer cluster who is killing our people in our community. However, she makes it look, we have recently the interview for the endorsement of the Houston Chronica, and she just t- talk a big co- talk, like she's been in Congress, she knows what to do because she's in the community. But yet when you talk with the people, they're all complaining. Uh, are, the, are the streets clean? No, we have a major homelessness problem. It, it, it's right there. You know, the, the, the district have completely, it, it's in completely decay. Mm-hmm. And we are in the heart of the city. The only thing she cared about, well, of course, the things she, you know, we have downtown and the medical center. But the rest of the areas, especially the east side of the tr- district, is, has been completely neglected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's, and she's just there to have another vote for the Democrats, but not to think about the people of the community. And it's time for a change. And it, like I said, and I tell my my associates in the Republican Party, we cannot allow for the Democrats to keep the cities. The Democrats have taken over every city in Texas. And I say to think that by then staying in the cities, they're not going to flip Texas blue. It's childish because that's exactly what they did in California. They took over the cities and eventually they flipped California blue. So that's why my slogan is taking back our cities one district at a time mm-hmm. and, and start we, the cleaning up. <laughs> right. Because, you know, another thing I want to point out to our listening audience, because we're in states all the way from Alabama to the, to the West Coast with this show, is that the issues that we're talking about today are very consistent and similar to cities across our country. And the reality that has to be pointed out is Sheila Jackson Lee has been the congresswoman for this district for 14 elections, 28 years in total. And term limits would have solved the issue of the congressperson not either not only not representing the constituents, not connecting and not helping and not actually dealing with it because you know it seems like we've gotten into this this lazy voting process us Americans where we just kind of vote for the incumbent and just ignore the facts of what's going on so I wanted to share some of the facts that we see with Sheila Jackson Lee as an example in 2004 um, she opposed counting Ohio's the state of Ohio's electoral votus votes in the 2004 presidential election and that seems like that's outside of her venue. I mean, she's interfering against all of the voters in Ohio. And it doesn't stop there. In 2017, she again objected to counting North Carolinas and South Carolinas, as well as Wyoming's electoral votes in the 2016 presidential election. And those kind of things point out that she's an anti demographic, uh, democratic. She's against the people. She's just for consolidation of power. And she thinks that that is her place in the environment, that she has the strong word and everybody else's vote doesn't count. She went on with um, the problems that you had mentioned 
that she had a history of abusive activity towards her own staff. And in 2011, she was reported to have the highest staff turnover in Congress. She's not a nice person. And why should you have a person like that representing Houston? And to further the problem is this district has been changed, right, through redistricting. Yes. As well as the fact that the population of Houston, greater Houston, you know, the, the percentages have changed. And she no longer represents a base of the people that live in District 18. And it sounds like you do. So how are you going to be able to reach out to your voters and get them to understand that we need a change? There has to be term limits, and we need to represent the people. How are you doing that? Well, let me tell you, um, it's easier than you think, because what happens is many of the people in the district are new to the district. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a lot of areas that used to belong to District 2, which is uh, Representative Ben Crenshaw. Uh, so for, for these constituents, they are not happy to the fact that they voted in the last election for Dan Crenshaw, and now it's Sheila, their representative. So that's that part is the easiest part. And now we have the other portion, with the, which is the Latinos. And Latinos historically have been uh, apathetic uh, about voting. Yeah. But we have seen the difference in, 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 in last year and moreover this year, how Latinos are getting really engaged into the voting process and actually, you know, are voting their values, which is conservative values. So that's a part that, you know, we are working, we're knocking at doors. My campaign is very, gra you know, it's grassroots. Mm -hmm. And also I have engaged you know, the black community, they're very important within the community and they are, they are, they are tired of these empty promises and they're tired to wait for something to happen, but it doesn't happen. So that's, has been our plan. We're doing a voter re registration rallies, um, for, from this afternoon until October the 11th. And uh, basically, you know, we're counting on the fact that this district is, is, is relatively new. It's very different to the district that she is used to. And like you said, actually, this district represents, it's more uh, of a representation of the demographics in the city of Houston. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, I, I live in a very... Um, mostly Latino environment and literally have raised in, in that kind of a situation or city or town or, or community. Now, my understanding, and uh, I hear this all the time at work and out in the, when I'm out and about, is that the Latino community is very pro-family. Yes. They're, they're very much a, not a closed community, but a close-knit community. And they have issues that they're concerned about. So tell us, generally speaking, the Latino community has what specifics in their concerns and what is it that they want to see come from their congresswoman? Well, let me tell you, Latinos like myself, we came here for freedom. Well, most of us, we came from countries that were oppressing us. And with that, 
there were no opportunities for us to succeed. Mm-hmm. Latinos are hardworking people and they're entrepreneurs. And at this point, with the economics we have in this country, they're seeing that possibility, you know, disappearing in front of their eyes. Many of them lost their businesses during the pandemic, and they're having a hard time, you know, making end meets to feed their families. And the other thing is, as you said, as we are so, you know, family oriented, you know, our, our basic hardcore values are faith, family, uh, work ethics, you know, and freedom. Mm-hmm. And this whole uh, issue about the education of our children, the brainwashing of our children in schools, you know, introducing sexual innuendos and talks in education in schools is not going well for Latinos. And those are, I would say, you know, the the economics, you know, the seeing their freedom gone, children, education, you know, that's the, the, the hardcore of why Latinos are finally realizing, well, the Democrats do not represent us. They do not represent our, you know, our core values. And the other issue where the Democrats are so wrong with the Latinos is thinking that Latinos are agreeing with them into these open borders. You know, we are, one of the reasons we came to this country is because this is a country of law and, and that these laws were going to protect us like we didn't have those laws to protect us in our countries. Mm-hmm. And now if they're just going to open the border and we're going to start seeing a country where laws are not obey, that we don't like it. We believe in legal immigration. These people are coming to take away their jobs and there are other factors to the, you know, increasing crime. So that's why Latinos finally realizing, you know, they were lied to by the Democrats and they're voting our values and they're getting engaged into participating in the electoral process. Well, I say it's about time, you know, frankly, because you're absolutely right. Many of my friends who were first generation here in the United States, they came for opportunity. And, you know, as this opportunity, they really embraced it. And I saw family after family after family, they wanted to get an education because there's limited education opportunities in countries like Mexico and now Venezuela and so forth. But there's issues in your community, in in the Hispanic community, such as crime and domestic violence. And I think it all comes down to the core problem being education and the opportunities that could be there for education if you had school choice. What's your standard on school choice? Well, I'm completely pro school choice. Mm -hmm. Definitely, you know, and that's very important for us Latinos, especially with everything that's happening. You know, I, you know, one of the things we have seen in the city is how the families are pulling their children out of the schools and, 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 you know, and switching them to Christian schools. Christian schools have like temporary classrooms now because they cannot hold this change. So I believe in school choice. I believe that we parents, are the people to decide where we want our children to learn. And we need to get back to really teach your children, you know, what is valuable. Forget about, listen, they're not teaching history to children anymore. They are instead of teaching 
history they are teaching children about transgender. And you also, you know, the conversation, they are not teaching civics anymore to, to the children because the whole plan of the socialists is the less educated and ignorant the people is, the easiest it is to manipulate them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm completely, you know, for school shows because I want to decide how my children are educated and what my children need to teach. And that's also a major problem, you know, in the district. One of the things that I'm pro is to implement trade education in our high schools. That used to be something that was taught in the schools. Not anymore. And then what happened? If we have children that already graduate from high school with a trade, they are set for a better life. The media income in my district is $46,000. Any kid that graduate with a trade already from high school is set to start earning Mm $60,000. Why that has not been done in the district? Why uh, my opponent has not made use of opportunity zones that I have in the district in bringing federal money to create jobs for the people in, in the district? So that's why I believe that education is the tool to change people's life and to improve our lives. And, and that's something that is very important to me and that I want to implement in the, in, in the district. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Arizona just passed new laws that, and, and also were able to defend it in court, where they have a real true money follows the child school choice. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a far-reaching change because you're exactly right. If we raise our children, give them the tools and education, and give them the trades that you were referring to, they will have a better life and they will be better educated. And maybe that's what your opponent is afraid of. Maybe the party there is afraid of having success in families, safe families, safe from a broken border, and... the. When I'm looking at Houston, as I had mentioned, I used to live there and work there, things have changed dramatically. Now, there was a great expansion after the 80s when we were going through the uh, oil uh, challenges that we were experiencing in the 70s. Houston kind of spread out their industrial base, but they're still very reliant on you know oil drilling. So... The current administration in Washington, D.C. has really put a lock against us Americans being self-sufficient in regards to oil, petroleum, gas, and so forth. Is that an area of concern for you? Definitely, because um, I believe, and you say the word is self-sufficient. If you check my website, that's something that is very important to me. America needs to be self-sufficient, not only in oil production, but also we need to to give help our farmers so we are not depending on other countries or other production to feed our people. I come from Venezuela, which is a country that you know, based in oil industry, especially Maracaibo, it was all about oil. And oil is it's the most important industry in Houston. And what is happening right now by this administration is stopping the, the, the oil production and just punishing us this way. We already have homelessness. We already have poverty. Pretty soon we're going to look like Detroit. So, you know, one of the things I said, we need to start drilling 
ASAP and we need to restart the Keystone pipe pipeline mm -hmm. ASAP. This is one of the reasons why the inflation is occurring and going so high. And then, so the problem is, oh, let's not produce oil because environmental uh, issues. Well, America produced the, the is, is the country that is most effective into producing oil without damaging the, the environment. And right. then this administration goes to buy oil from countries that are really destroying the environment. So this doesn't make any sense what the, um, this administration is doing. Well, it's certainly speaking out of its mouth, but doing different things with its hands. You know, it's obviously that they're just about smoke and mirrors. Now, there's another area of negative impact, and we experience it here in California. I know I was visiting my farmer friends up in Idaho, and they're suffering from it. And that's combination of water and fertilizer availability. Now, in and around that part of Texas, what kind of uh, agricultural industry do you have? Well, here, you know, what I see is, you know, this is, there is a lot of, um, you know, cattle in, you know, mm -hmm. that's a major thing here. And yeah, we had a drought um, during the summer and that was, you know, an issue that was important to us and, uh, and our farmers have been, you know, I've been in touch with farmers and ranchers and the federal com government comes and, and pays them not, not to farm. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if they do, they're punished with taxation. And, uh, and those are the times when I said, I don't recognize this country anymore. Right. What's happening? It's completely evil. And you know, that's, that's one of the push for me is self-sustainability. -sustain right. And one of the things that you said, you say we're going to start looking like Detroit. Well, I, I would actually take it a step further. You, we're going to start looking like Venezuela. Well, it's, 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 I've been saying it for years. And let me tell you what. I'm going to tell you what's happening with this open border that people is not realizing. Okay, uh, and and sometimes I tell people, well, I come from the future because I've, I, I've seen what's happening. I can tell people how this is going to end unless we do something. We do it now. We do it fast. Listen, the open border issue that we have right now, that right now they say is accounted to over four four point five million people that have come to the country since Joe Biden, you know, took office. Uh, this happened in Venezuela in the seventies and eighties. OK, uh, it's the same manual. The socialists followed the same manual at the time. It was a major hit in our infrastructure because no country is ready to absorb a vertical growth of the population like we're seeing it right now. And it destroyed the, the healthcare system in Venezuela that was the best healthcare system in, in the region at the time. It paid for by our taxes. We used to go to the hospitals and the doctor, we didn't have to pay. It was a social security system. It would function beautifully. But these people came, destroyed the healthcare system. Then we have to start using private hospital, implementing the, the use of health insurance. You know, that's when everything started to crash. You know, barrios started. Let me explain you what barrios. Barrios basically that we're seeing the homelessness. What they went is they, 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 they start living in cluster areas where they start building, you know, shack homes. And that was something that we 
in Venezuela no it didn't exist on before the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is multiply the number of people that is coming right now, but the number of people, children they're going to have. And usually they have a lot, we say three, four, five children. In less than 20 years, they're going to be a voting force. The children of those migrants in Venezuela from the 70s and 80s were the ones who voted for Hugo Chavez. Mm-hmm. And nobody's seen this, Edward. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. And that's what I'm scared to death because I'm seeing this movie, which for me is a horror movie, playing all over again in the United States. So in essence, you're just uh, dispelling the myth that the Latinos, the Hispanic community is for open borders, uncontrolled, just let them all in. Because the experience that you have had in Venezuela speaks against that very statement. And when I talk to the people, listen, I'm out knocking at doors, you know, meeting the people. The Latinos are completely against this open border. Mm-hmm. They are all, um, is they're taking their jobs. Yeah. These new people are coming and they're increasing the crime rate in our cities. Latinos, we are completely against open border. And that's the major failure of the Democrats with us. Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, when we have these problems and the homelessness and the lack of good medical treatment and other things, you know, crime has been increased, education has gone down, domestic violence is a result, unfortunately, with the breakup of families, the poor housing policies. I understand in Houston has actually hurt both the tenants and the landlords, but I I need to take a break right now. So we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio, and we will be right back. You want your property to be protected from break-ins, vandalism, and loitering, yet guards and patrol services are expensive. ATG Protect by Alvarez Technology Group is the perfect affordable solution. ATG Protect is a video surveillance solution with cameras powered by artificial intelligence and backed by live guards who can intervene and scare off unwanted intruders and even call first responders when needed. ATG Protect gives you peace of mind and keeps you safe, secure, and successful. Contact Alvarez Technology Group at 831-753-7677 or on the web at alvareztg.com. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at alliancetrains.com. All right, we're back, and we are back with Carmen Montiel, who is running for District 18 in Houston, Texas, for Congress. And it's very important for the rest of our listening audience in multiple states because the problems and the challenges that the community of Houston and the southern part of Texas is experiencing is being experienced by our other listening audiences, whether you're in a big city with homelessness and drugs and crime, or whether you're living in the Arizona districts where you've got the influx of illegal immigration. And the problem is all the good people in America, the, the just the solid Americas, Americans have been 
kind of sitting on their couch and just thinking it would take care of itself. Things will get better again. But the reality is, and that's the reason why we have Carmen on today, is she saw this same event occur in Venezuela. It used to be the seventh largest economy in the world. And also, interestingly enough, it has, as of today, the largest oil reserves, even greater than Saudi Arabia. And you would think with that much natural resources, Venezuela and the people of Venezuela would be living a good, solid life. And instead, because of the takeover of the Biden administration under Hugo Chavez, look what happened. And what you're saying is that you, Carmen, have been prompted to get involved because you are seeing an unfortunate future for your community and the rest of the United States. Yes, much definitely. And people need to understand that the the socialist plan, which is the same, I always say socialism is just the entry door to communism. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. It is it, a manual that takes many decades to accomplish it it, when people say well this happened to venezuela in the last 20 years no it started to happen in the 70s it was a progression to finally get to the point when hugo chavez was elected and this is what we're seeing now in united states it's been for many years and then we got obama and obama we that's when we started to see the major changes and now we're seeing the biggest change right now and when people tell me where are we in comparison i said right now united states is in venezuela 70s and 80s 20 more years and we Mm -hmm. will not recognize the united states of america yeah. Now, one of the things that I noticed when I was on your website and also did a little bit broader research on you, I was very impressed with the variety of endorsements and the people that are there supporting you. Because it wasn't just like a, a, a silo of Latino support. It was cross, you know, ca- across the demographics. You have very strong black support there in Houston. How is it that you're able to reach across, you know, in, in essence, the the areas of the demographics and and speak to the needs and wants of whites and Asians and blacks as well as the Latinos. How are you able to, you know, broaden that message? Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful um, that I have uh, have a experiences in my life that have allowed me to to interact with many different people, mm-hmm. not only Venezuela, but around the world. As you know, I was Miss Venezuela and Miss South America. And that allowed me to travel a lot and in, in to interact with many right. different people. And then uh, as a journalist, I also, uh, you know, have to interact with the people. And I'm a people person. I'm very similar to, to how my dad was. And uh, I love to 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 talk to people, to listen to them, to see what's the problems. And that's been my success, success in reaching to, you know, to all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and they see, you know, I'm genuine. You know, when I talk to people, they see, you know, I don't have a voice or my voice change, anything like that. And, and I've been serving the community in many different charity organizations across the border. Right. So that's why, you know, they know me. Uh, since I've been involved with the party and they, we agree in so many things that that's been my success in getting support uh, from all of them. 
Mm-hmm. And and I also want to point out that a part of the reason why you're able to speak to everyone in the community is because we are all being directly affected by inflation. We all can see with our eyes wide open the degradation of America in in just these last two years. We also can see and and many different. Uh, congressional districts across the country should also be looking into what has your personal congressman actually done for you in your community and also how have they been acting while they're away in Washington, D.C., like we've been talking earlier about Sheila Jackson Lee. I mean, she was so badly operating her own office and her own, um, I don't know what you say, personal choices that the Democrats literally, you know, kicked her off of these different um, subcommittees because of the fact that even they didn't like her and they haven't been supporting her with, you know, proper subcommittee placements or anything out that she's like a you know, an outcast in the Democratic Party, which the problem with that is if you're an outcast within your own party in Washington, D.C., you can get zero done. You can't do anything for your voting constituents that you're supposed to be representing. I mean, we have to be able to have Congress, men and women, that actually bring value in response to our voting for them. And this woman, for her 28 years, as you pointed out, never did a law. But the other things I want to point out is that she was on the House Judiciary Subcommittee, and in 2019, the Democrats forced her off of it. She also had to resign as the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus because of that illegal abuse of that woman that had been raped by a senior staffer. And she was opposed to the woman. She did everything she could to undermine this woman's legal action. Actually, even not firing her. Yeah. I mean, she. so again, she just represents a commonality of many of these long-winded legacy Congress people who have just stayed there year after year, election after election, and nobody calls them out on what they do or don't do. And in essence, it's really time to retire the woman. And I think it's time to, I think it's time to retire many congressmen and women across our fair country here because obviously, if you just look at where we're at only two years later, we are not better off. We are nowhere better off. And and I'm heartbroken about Houston and hearing about what you have to say about it because when I lived there, it was a beautiful city. It was kind of humid. I have to be you know honest about that. But it was a beautiful city and it had a great future. And right now, with all of the things that you've shared, it it's not looking all that good. No, well, let me tell you, you said it better than anybody. The problems that we're facing in America and every city. It's the same problem. It doesn't matter what demographic group you are. We're all affected by crime. We're all affected by by inflation. We're all affected by high costs of gas. Mm -hmm. We're all affected by by what this open border is doing to our cities and our neighborhoods. And we're all affected by the problems in education of our children. About my opponent, 
you know, she, let me tell you the, the, the level of hypocrisy. And that's when people need, when they go to the, to, to, to the booth to vote, just think about this. She, she opposed this woman who was raped. She fired her. She went against her. And what is she doing the last two years? Oh, she is work, she working the reform of the VAWA law, which is the Violence Against Women's Act. So she cannot tell me that she really cares about violence against women when she did what she did to her former employee. Mm-hmm. And people need to look at this type of hypocrisies, okay? And as a survivor of domestic abuse that I am, it's an insult for me that she's doing what she's doing and walking around with the flag that she's the one who cares about Violence Against Women Act. And that's a problem that is amount, you know, the, the, the Democrats, it, it's common. Right now we have the problem with the county judge that just discriminated and also fired a, a Latina woman with, uh, I mean, a black woman with her, her uh, you know, uh, employees. So um, uh, it's time to retire many people, people that are there only for their interests, people that are there just to be a vote for the Democrats and for the interests of some people and start working for the interests of the people. I always tell people the first thing I'm going to do is to start cleaning, you know, it's get made accountable the people that are at full with this clan- cancer cluster in the Kashmir area in my district and start cleaning the area and start, you know, making right to all the victims that, that, that have been uh, losing their lives or affect their, their, their health is terribly affected by right. this uh, cancer cluster. That's awful. So I need to take another uh, commercial break. So I'm going to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio, and we will be right back. You want your property to be protected from break-ins, vandalism, and loitering, yet guards and patrol services are expensive. ATG Protect by Alvarez Technology Group is the perfect affordable solution. ATG Protect is a video surveillance solution with cameras powered by artificial intelligence and backed by live guards who can intervene and scare off unwanted intruders and even call first responders when needed. ATG Protect gives you peace of mind and keeps you safe, secure, and successful. Contact Alvarez. Alvarez Technology Group at 831-753-7677 or on the web at alvareztg.com. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. Okay, we're back. We're uh, interviewing and having a wonderful conversation with Carmen Montiel, who is running for District 18 in Houston, Texas, as um, and getting that Congress seat. And definitely, we need to see a changeover. And, you know, for my listening audience, I just want to make this very point very clear. I'm a registered Democrat, and I have voted for Democrats for many years. And the point that I want to make is... I'm just not a drone. I'm not just going to just vote the party line because I'm, you know, I think that's what I'm supposed to do without thinking it through. I want to be a 
thinker. I want to keep my eyes wide open. I want to keep my ears open. I don't want to have the influence of the major media, which is in the hip pocket of this one communist socialism direction that they're taking America down the drain. That's the reason why we have Carmen on today, because she clearly has a vision and she has the experience of watching Venezuela. And everybody has seen how awful Venezuela has turned out. But maybe people don't remember what a powerhouse, an economic powerhouse it once was. And it was because it had oil. But they still have the oil, and they're having these major problems. Now, <clears throat> another thing that we haven't really talked about, and I don't normally talk about this on my show, is feminism. Because what's interesting, and I'm seeing, um, <clears throat> is it seems to me that the so-called leftist feminists are no longer pro-women. What, what do you say on that? Well, I cannot uh, agree more with you. I, I always make clear when I talk about women's rights that I am pro-women's rights, but I am not a feminist. Feminists have proved again and again that they are working against us women. You know, when you see issues like the death of Masha Amini in Iran, and you don't see no one feminist saying anything about this. Mm -hmm. And I went to speak to one of the rallies last weekend here in support. And, and I said, it made clear, I am for women's rights, but not a feminist. Everything that the feminist has done historically has actually pushed women back instead of pushing women forward. Mm -hmm. And their support with this transgender agenda is actually basically disappearing women from the from the earth because yeah we're not going to win or be the greatest in sports now we have men win being women of the year and the feminists are supporting that mm -hmm. so let me tell you the feminist is just a, a, a group of women a group of socialist women trying to lie to the world that they care about they care about women's rights mm -hmm. but when women's issues are important they they go in hiding yeah, it's really sad. You know, one of the things that <clears throat> I think should be supported, like in the Latino community, is the importance of mothers, you know, raising their children, um, supporting the education of their children, supporting their families, and being active in regards to, you know, helping the community from within. And it's an honorable position to be a mother and a grandmother in the Latino community. Well, you know that one of the things in the community is that our old people are treasures to us. Yeah. You know, we treasure our abuelitas y abuelitos. And um, that's something that we need to actually, I wish we can teach more of that to, to the America community because they have wisdom and it's important for us Latinos that our abuelitas and abuelitos teach our children the way my abuelita taught me. And it, it's very important, sadly, because we're spread around the world. My mother is in Orlando. Um, you know, my children don't get to see her as often. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's so very important to us. And that's part of, of what the family, uh, part of the importance of family for us Latinos. Right, 
Right. <clears throat> now, one of the points that I want to go to next before we run out of time is the importance of being proactive. Now, you're being proactive because you're running for Congress there in District 18 in Houston, Texas. And not everybody can run for an office. Now, we need people in the school boards because, as you had pointed out off air, and we can see it here in California and other states, is that the school boards have been hijacked. You know, the Democratic Party has been hijacked. So we have to, regardless of party, be proactive and get in there, open our eyes and make changes. So in essence, most of us, the way we are proactive is we get out of our chairs, get out of our houses, and get out and vote. Now, in your area, early voting starts October 24th, but across the country, Election Day is November 8th. People need to wake up. We've got to get out there and do something. So how can they how how can they support you? How can they look you up? What's your website address? My website is www.carmenforcongress.com. For Congress F O R Carmen C A R M E N F O R C O N G R E ss.com they can donate there we greatly appreciate donations they can volunteer from there and they can get more information on on my platform what i'm doing you know the events we are um you know attending at the time but mm -hmm. please go to the page you know pitch in whatever you can every penny counts is the most important part especially when you're afraid you know me that i'm facing a, 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 an incumbent uh, Democrats um, that, you know, tend to have a lot of, of, of money. And in what you're saying to participate is not only about voting. That's what I tell people. You don't need to, I'm running for Congress, but you can run for school board. There is so many, you know, city council, um, county commissioner. There is so many positions you can uh, participate. And if you don't run for office, just attend the meetings, participate, make the people that you elected accountable. Right. And so I want to repeat your website. It's Carmen for Congress. That's all one word, Carmen, C-A-R-M-E-N, for Congress.com. And the point that we, she and I are making is we all need to wake up. We also need to stand up. We need to stop voting party line. We need to save our families and save future generations from the destruction of socialism and wokeism. And Carmen, I want to thank you for spending this valuable time with us today. And we look forward to your election and going to Washington, D.C. and making a difference. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Edward. Oh, you're it. absolutely welcome. Thanks, Edward. You've been listening to Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. You can contact Edward King through the website, businesssenseradio.com. Be sure to join us again next week at this same time on this very station for another edition of Business Sense Radio. CD was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.